Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Thursday morning, everybody. I'm here, Dave Dufour. Got Andrew Schlecht, my partner in crime on Thursday mornings. And Andrew, you know, listen, this has been a weird first half of the season. We're wrapping up. We got the All-Star game coming up. Uh, We got a marquee matchup last night. And man, have we really been missing these. Because, you know, it seems like every time we get a big game, one team or the other, has someone out, whether it's health and safety, whether it's injuries, uh, whether it's just rest. And we got a, a, another big game. You know, obviously the Utah Jazz have been the best team in basketball in the first half. They played the Philadelphia 76ers, who were the best team in the East right now, uh, at least by record. And I mean, Joel Embiid, this is what MVPs do. This is what guys who are in that conversation are able to do. He had an absolutely monster game even before the last few minutes. And uh, it, it just, honestly, he he really exposed an area of weakness for the Jazz. And it's dealing with, and, and you could bleep this, dealing with mother <laughs> that are that are as big yep. as he is. Because... Yep. I mean, he just absolutely dominated them in every single way that you can. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that this is necessarily a problem for the Jazz, but Joel Embiid certainly was a problem. Yeah. Inside, outside, it didn't matter. He, I mean, he forced Gobert to the ground a couple times just by driving and just bodying him up. Uh, It was really something. And then that last three was just unbelievable he throws the ball he's kind of caught off balance uses the ball to get back up and then he immediately dribbles out and the whole time I'm thinking and I think you're thinking the same thing is you have time you should foul him don't let him get there if he wants to take a shot out of the post fine right that's fine but when you see him dribbling to the three-point line grab the guy because he's he's gonna make it I want to talk. Yeah, let's talk about that end of game sequence or end of regulation sequence, because, you know, Boyan had a perfect opportunity to actually foul him. Joel Embiid goes down and instead of, you know, finishing up the foul, you know, touch the man when he's on the on the ground football style. Mm -hmm. He just stands there like, no, I didn't foul him. No, no, there is no (laughs) like no one cares about end of game bravery here. No, be smart. Foul yes. the man. And honestly, when the shot went up, I knew it was going in. That's the yep. kind of game that Joel Embiid had. <laughs> he had 40 points. He was 2 of 5 from 3, 10 of 13 from the line. Absolutely abused them Yep, getting to the line. 19 rebounds. And <laughs> 19. that's the part <laughs> yeah. That's the part that I think should should really stand out for Utah. Because you've got Rudy Gobert. you got Derek Favors. Um, you have size that you can combat Joel Embiid with. It just did not matter. Yep. It didn't didn't. matter at all. No, 
No. Uh, Embiid is just... And, and there's some people like sheepishly trying to get Gobert into the MVP conversation over the last several weeks, and it's just... This was it. This is the death nail for that conversation. It, he's a he's be. a really good he's a really good player, and I don't want this to be just like oh disparaging Rudy Gobert because he is a really good player. Mm-hmm. But the gap between he and Embiid is large. Yeah, look, Joel Embiid is a tier one guy. Yes, he 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 wrapped up to me. He wrapped up first place in MVP for the first half. I think this performance in particular. Against yeah. the Utah Jazz. I mean, and, and by the way, I, I'm thinking about the way voters vote when I say this. I'm not saying for me personally. I had him in first. But knowing how voters vote, I think that right now there's probably maybe there's less than five voters that have anyone but Joel Embiid in first place. And, and it's probably LeBron who they've got. And, yeah. it, and maybe it should be Jokic in, in that first spot. Um but it's pretty clear to me that Joel Embiid, far and away right now, MVP of the first half, and, and he capped it off with just a brilliant performance. I, I do want to get into, you know, that the end of play, end of game execution for Utah. Again, they miss that foul. They get a rough call on the out of bounds call. The yeah. the call itself, Andrew, was right. And I get it because in the moment, I didn't see that it hit the referee. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, what an amazing play. It still was an amazing play. Mm-hmm. But it did hit the ref. I mean, and and you see it when when you know what you're looking at, you can see it on the replay. And, and so I think that um, feeling a little bit, uh, you know, screwed over by the refs on that one, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad for you. Like the refs got it right. Yeah, they got it right. And the whole being screwed over by the ref stuff is everybody is going to get quote unquote screwed over by the refs just because these are human beings. These aren't robots that are like programmed to make the right call every time. And it's just excuses. I mean, does anybody get super pumped up when your team loses and then they blame the refs? Like, come on. Right. Like, let's take just take responsibility and just move on. Like, don't don't blame it on somebody else. There there are some blatant things that happen, but last night didn't feel like that to me. Well, so Donovan Mitchell has a really great game. And and thanks to Dan Clayton for these stats uh on, on Twitter. Uh he then finished the game 0 for 10 with two turnovers, two free throw points, an assist for a three, and then he gave the the Sixers two points yep. in a game that they still could have won. And, and so, mm-hmm. look, the execution was great to a certain point, and then it fell apart at the end of the game. This is not the first time Utah's had trouble down the stretch. This is not the first time that a, a, a really good defensive team has put something on them. I mean, we saw the Clippers and what they were able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this also isn't necessarily an indictment on the Utah Jazz or a bad no. loss. Philly is really good. <laughs> it's a good team to lose in yeah. overtime to a really good team is okay. And and in you know in their defense, I thought Utah looked exhausted for the entire game. It's the fourth game sure. of, a, of a long road trip. They're yep. looking ahead to the all-star break. This is a team that has actually had really good health luck, which mm-hmm. means these guys have all been playing these games. There, you know, there hasn't been a lot of downtime and a lot of rest, and they look like they had tire, tired legs to me down the stretch. And so, you know, instead of, you know, looking for other people to blame, maybe just look internally a little bit. And also, Give credit where it's due. Philly won that game. Yeah. 
I ben mean, Tobias, Har- Tobias Harris is yeah. is a guy that he took over overtime. He finished with 22 and 10. He was great. And I feel like he almost gets powers off of no one talking about him. Yes. <laughs> because, like, nobody talks about him. It's all about Ben Simmons. and does, It's still about Ben Simmons' offense, and people love are obsessive about that uh, when they really should be more obsessive about what a great defender he is. And then it's Joel Embiid. And that's it. And then it's about, oh, what what did Daryl Morey do to shape this team? And he's like so far down, but he has been so good and consistent for them this season. I mean, he's one of the reasons that they are 24 and 12 right now. And one one of the great things that I saw in overtime, the the two-man game with Tobias and Embiid, but with no passing. And yeah. it's it's Tobias and Embiid communicating you know, nonverbal communication on the offensive end, Embiid using his own gravity and, and the threat of him shooting the three. I mean, in a game mm-hmm. like this where he's on fire, they have to guard him. And he yep. pulls Gobert away from the paint enough that that Tobias Harris is able to go to work. And, and that's something that we haven't seen out of these two. And this is that Doc Rivers effect where he's getting guys to lean into the things that they're great at. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ben Simmons, you're not a, you're not a three-point shooter. Well, he's shot a, a few threes this year because he's got no pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, go out and be great at the things that you're great at. Now, I still think Philly should shoot more threes because this game likely isn't close if they actually, you know, get up a good amount of threes. But yep. I really love how they executed down the stretch and in overtime. A- the ability to turn the defense up to the level that they're able to with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I don't know that any other team has a combination like that. Because Brooke Lopez has dropped off. Oh, and, yeah. And Giannis yeah. can't do it alone. Yep. Um, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, that's the best defensive duo in the league by far. Yeah, no doubt. Then you have supporting guys like uh, your guy Danny Green out there as well. It's just a smart player that just knows where mm-hmm. to be. He's not playing great basketball, but he's just not going to make a ton of mistakes. And that is su- when you're talking about a high level team, having as many guys on your team that just are not going to make mistakes is so crucial. And they've got those guys. Yeah, you got to have adults on the basketball court. Okay, so this game and the aftermath, of course, nobody was happy. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had these comments after the game. First off, got to, you know, give 76ers credit. They played a hard hard game, you know. Joel does what he does. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're a good team. We competed. Um, but it's, 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 it's tough, KK. Like, it's tough to, to go out there and see how we fight and compete and to have a game like that taken from us. And I'm never, ever one to, 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 to blame a ref, to blame an official. I could say I, we could have done more, but this is getting out of hand. You know, there have been games like this that we've won. There have been games like this that we've, we've, we've lost. But this whole refereeing stuff and the way we're, we're nice, we don't complain, we don't, like, we don't get frustrated. You know, we fight through things. And the fact that we just continually get, get screwed in a way by this. You know, like we, we won this game, in my personal opinion, you know, but like I said, I'm gonna give them credit. They won whatever. Cool. But like this is it's gonna it's a consistent thing. And, you know, the question is, can we can we do it? Can we sustain it? Are we for real? Number one, like, yeah, the hell we are. And it's getting it's getting ridiculous, KK, that this is this is what's happening. You know, what I mean, we have a whole second half of the season to go and get ready for. But like, I'm, I'm sick of it. To be honest with you, we all are, you know, and I think this is something that just. It, bite, it, it eats me. It eats at me, man. And it's, I don't, I don't, y'all know what it is. We all know what it is, but it's, it's really getting out of hand. It's really, really, really getting out of hand. 
And the league needs to do something about this because I want to see the last two-minute report. I want to see it, but it's, it's getting out of hand. Okay. So it begs the question, and this is the Daily Ding question of the day. Andrew, are the refs respecting the jazz enough? I mean, is this a real thing? This is what this is to me, is this is Donovan just setting up the excuses for if things don't go well in the playoffs, (laughs) we can just rest back on. Of course, we were screwed over by the refs. No, I, I think that they are. I think that every you could go through every single team in every single call and find that everybody has bad moments, right? I mean, that's just a part of the game. That's a part of this. And maybe maybe Mitchell's feeling himself a little bit. Maybe now that he's a star, he feels like he deserves some of the respect. And maybe he needs to keep digging in because I mean, this is something that Chris Paul does all the time is that he digs in on the refs, he's in their ear. I mean, it was blatant last year whenever he told them <laughs> about the, the the jersey tuck. So maybe this is just a little bit of that. Maybe he's like, okay, it's my time. Look where I'm at in the pecking order of the NBA stars. So maybe this is him feeling himself a little bit. But to to say that this is a Utah Jazz NBA problem, I think is is a little bit too far. Okay, I've got some numbers on this. And, and by the way, these numbers don't necessarily mean that the, the Jazz are being treated fairly, but I do think they paint that picture. Uh, they've had the eighth fewest personal fouls called against them in the league. They are 16th in team free throw attempts, but it's pretty close per game. Uh, mm-hmm. The sixth fewest opponent free throw attempts per game, so they're not getting a, a ton of fouls called on them. And um, I will say the 23rd fewest uh, per game opponent personal fouls at like, you know, 18.9 a game. But for context, if they were at 19.9, they would be 13th. So, you know, the the margins here are not very large. And it just, it paints a picture of fairness. Listen, man, referees mm-hmm. will miss stuff. But my argument is that they didn't really miss anything. Was no. there some physical play that was allowed? Certainly. But Utah benefits from that as well. Sure. And and Donovan Mitchell shoots that corner three and catches Seth Curry with his hip while Seth Curry's in the air, and they get a three-shot foul on that. Mm-hmm. So it seemed to me like it went back and forth. And, and let's not forget, last season, Utah benefited more than any other team from missed calls that were on the last two-minute report. Sure. So certainly, the refs respect the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. 
claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Warriors Blazers and look I don't know what it is about Portland but Steph Curry takes I don't know every time he goes there it's like he feels disrespected by the city by Damian Lillard I don't know what but it didn't matter because Damian Lillard did Damian Lillard stuff he hits a big three to put them up 108 106 and that was the ball game Right. That was it. We're not going to talk about what happened after that, because to me, (laughs) (laughs) it was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, Listen, great play by Dame to draw a charge. Yeah. But the charge is the worst play in basketball. It's it's almost as bad as the Euro foul, but it's more dangerous. So it's worse. And that play in particular, Draymond's in the air as yep. as Dame is sliding over, and I'm not going to sit here and argue whether it was a block or a charge. I'm going to argue that is not how you play basketball. And I know that that's how we've all done it our whole life. And if you're not able to play defense, you can draw charges. That's great. But I, we should not be rewarding that, in particular, in crunch time of what was a very cool game. Yes. Am I it wrong was. here? It was a dis. Yes, you're not wrong. I think it's it was a disappointing ending because I would have loved to see Draymond be able to finish that and just see where the game goes. Right? Yeah. Like maybe he misses the free throw. You know, and then and then what happens? I mean, he hadn't taken a free throw the whole game. That would have been his first. Well, know, he what? he I don't hit know. a three. He hit a three. So maybe it would have been a good shooting night. My thing is, uh, you know, I, I I have no problem with the charge call if if Dame is making a play. Right. Sure. It's, it's the sliding under that is the problem. If Dame meets him at the rim verticality and and, and gets there in time, yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. P- please call the charge. But we have got to stop letting guys come in from out of the play. Making a non-basketball play. There is no other time in the sport where you are rewarded for just getting in the way and standing still. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear, you're saying that this is a league problem, not a Dame problem. Oh, because this Dame, was no, no. That's this a great was absolute, play by Dame. Yeah, this was absolutely Dame time to the extreme. 100%. With the, with the three bomb and then getting in position to end the game effectively with that defensive play. It was, I mean, that's, that's the epitome of Dame time on both ends. Yeah, absolutely. Total clutch play by Dame. Willingness to put his body on the line. Like, there are a lot of good things about that play. Um, this is, I mean, you play the game. The rule right? sucks. Like, the yeah, rule the rule sucks. sucks. Yeah. But you play the game. And, and it's sort of like the foul hunting. I'm not going to get mad at Trey Young for foul hunting when he's mm-hmm. rewarded for it. Same with this mm-hmm. charge. Um, but with that being said, I thought the, there were a lot of really good signs for the Warriors. The Blazers have been playing pretty good basketball. Um, the Warriors look really good. Obviously, Steph Curry, 35 points. Just you know, doing the thing he he does. Uh, Draymond looked great. They didn't have Kelly Oubre. And I have to think, if you're the Warriors, you look at that performance against a pretty good team, or at least a team that's playing pretty well, 
and you feel like you're probably a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The the only problem is this is just a funny problem for the Warriors is they just have trouble scoring the basketball outside of Steph Curry. Especially in the final minutes of the game, it's no there, there's just no question who should have the ball and who's going to be making the shots and it's going to be Steph Curry. And then who else? Who else on this team do you trust? They need a scoring punch from somebody and they just they're not really getting it from Andrew Wiggins, big surprise. They're not getting it from Kent Bazemore. They're just they just don't have anybody. And I think that they I think a lot of people are pointing fingers at James Wiseman or Weissman, I think is how you're supposed to say it, but whatever. He he comes off the bench and only playing eleven minutes per game. And I think that that's it's kind of a problem. You spend this really high draft pick, and yes, he's super young and deserves a lot of room to grow. But still, I think that the way that he started the season and where he's ended up is he's regressed quite a bit as the season's gone on. Some of that's injury, but the dude won't shoot threes anymore. And they kind of need him. They kind of need him to step up and to fill some of this void because they just don't have enough scoring. And you can see the the dynamic pick and roll partner in him. When he's mm-hmm. running pick and rolls with Steph Curry, you can see that pop his athleticism. We know Steph Curry's going to draw the defense. Wiseman has been able to take advantage of that. I listen, I would probably start Wiseman and I yeah. would try to get him involved early in pick and roll actions with Steph Curry. You it's a it's a double-edged sword there. You get Steph Curry rolling early and maybe you get Wiseman some confidence and get him rolling early. Young players, yep. man, it's so important. The way you start is so important. And I just think that the Warriors haven't had to think about this. During this entire run, how do we mm-hmm. get this high level young player started in the right direction early on in the game so we can make more of these games good versus just learning experiences? Learning experiences are great, but this is a team that wants to make the playoffs, I do believe. And I oh, think yeah. they want Wiseman to be good. And you can do both of those, but it takes a commitment to Wiseman. Now, yeah. on the other side, Portland, man, listen, Damian Lillard is going to be in, in, in on the MVP ladder somewhere for you. He has to be. Sure. He's been he's been putting up crazy numbers but also winning games without the the second and third best player on his team. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the roster, I mean, listen man, Carmelo Anthony scored 22 points. They're like they're relying on Carmelo Anthony. He's been be balling the- lately too. And I've I've been a critic of Melo this season, but he's been balling lately. So the degree of difficulty in what Damian Lillard is doing, I, I think is getting lost in a lot yeah. of the discussions. Um, you know, we talk about Jokic and how he stepped his game up. Obviously, they lost Jeremy Grant and, and you know, uh, Torrey Craig, who not going to help you much offensively, but helps you defensively. And we're seeing Jokic step his game up and get a lot of credit for it. But I, I think Damian Lillard doesn't get enough credit for not having to step his game up. His game is just already elevated so much. He's stepping up in the other ways, the playmaking, uh, playing better defense than he's probably played in maybe his career yeah. and and doing just about anything that needs to get done. He didn't even have a great game here. Right. 22 no. points. Yeah, he didn't shoot the ball well. And I mean, the most impressive thing to me is that he's got the Blazers at fifth in the West. I mean, when CJ McCollum went down, I thought it was okay. Well, we'll see the Blazers next season because this this roster just doesn't have what it takes. You can't lose Nurkic and McCollum and then just be a 
playoff team, but they're there. I mean, they're uh, they're ahead of the Nuggets right now in the standings. They're ahead of the Mavericks. Uh, both teams that I think people would have said would have been ahead of them, even if they were healthy. So huge credit to the Blazers. And a lot of it is continuity and the coaching staff and with Damian Lillard. And that stuff matters. And I think there's a comfort level there. But yes, he deserves to be at least seated at the table with the other MVPs. I don't think that he should win it, but he deserves some sort of recognition. Yesterday, the league announced the contestants, the participants. They're not even participating because I was no going to say they're not participating in anything. They're they just... named. Yeah, they named the teams, the rising star teams, and they did it via top shot uh, package opening. Uh, and, and anyway, people were mad about it because the NBA announced something and everyone has to feel disrespected or slighted. Uh, Emmanuel Quick, quickly not on the list of guys. Uh, not appearing in the Rising Star game. Uh, yep. Listen, guys, before we do this little bit, we're, we're going to draft these teams on our own uh, and and hopefully do a better job. But before we get to that, I just got to say, not everything's a snub. It, it, like, come on. I, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were not in the Rising Star game. That's right. Now, I, it didn't exist then, but okay. still, they weren't in it. Yeah. So... Who cares? Right. Like, let's just let's be real. And, this and, is as fictional as it would have been in the 80s. Exactly. <laughs> because it's not happening. Exactly. So uh, in that spirit, we want to draft our own rosters and see who does better just from the given pool. So the USA team and, and the world team and Andrew, I'm going to allow you to have the number one pick because I, I oh, really want to wow. put you in a position here. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to take Dort. I don't think you can control yourself here. And I think that this is going to work to my advantage. Yeah, I I very much love Lou Dort and everything he brings to the table. But with that being said, I got to take Zion Williamson. As he's just been such a monster. If he gets ahead of steam, he's just going to score. And there's nothing you can do about it. So I got Zion, number one. Yeah, and I'm going to take John Morant because I'm no dummy. And yeah. John Morant is a star. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll got John Morant. Uh, LaMelo, easy. Uh, I freaking love LaMelo Ball. That guy is so good. And we're going to talk about him on on Saturday, uh, Saturday Slam and Jam show uh, for a, a good bit because he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. He's awesome. Uh, I'm going to take Tyrese Halliburton because Ooh. we just talked about adult basketball players. And uh, it's pretty yeah. cool when a guy can come in as a rookie. And just, he's ready to go. Part of the reason that we're doing this is because I'm looking over at the world team <laughs> and I'm still like, I don't think I'm taking anybody from the world team yet. <laughs> oh, they would get blown out, man. If this was a real game, it would be it would be unfair. And, you know, we would probably get a letter from FIBA because yeah. it's so embarrassing. <laughs> right. The U.S. team would, would beat them by 100 points. They, they would, without a doubt. Uh, I'm I'm taking DeAndre Hunter. Okay, with my third pick. Not bad. He, not bad. He, not bad. He's I a guy that it. he can do. He can do a little bit of everything. He's a solid defender. Uh, he's had a great year when he's been healthy. I'm I'm a huge DeAndre Hunter guy. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I'm gonna take Anthony Edwards and, and on vibes only. Right, like we need some good <laughs> vibes on our team, and I'm taking Anthony Edwards. I want the athleticism. I, you know, I want John Morant and Anthony Edwards as my guards. 
Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Got a lot of playmaking there when you think about Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, my my three-guard attack is going to be very, very hard for Zion Williamson to guard in space because we're going to be working to that switch all day long. You have to. I got a text from my friend Taylor last night. He said, thank God Anthony Edwards can dunk and has a good personality because otherwise he'd get absolutely eaten alive on Twitter every night. (laughs) Which is, I I believe it's so, so true. Uh, Okay. Still don't know if I can look at the world team yet. Still don't know because there's still some guys on here. Uh, I I need some shooting. I'm taking Tyler Hero. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Michael Porter Jr. Because okay. I need a I need a gunner. I need I need my six foot ten Clay Thompson. Also, you're way too likable so far. You got to <laughs> swing that back in the other direction a little bit with MPJ. Your team is yeah, way gotta, too too likable. I got I to gotta kill our vibes. That's it. That's it. The vibes are gone. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Okay, last one. Uh, I really like Keldon Johnson. I think that that dude is. He's even underrated. I think that people will probably look at him and say he's a guy that should not be on this team. I think he's great. Uh, However, I'm not going to take him. I am going to look over at the world, and there are some really solid players. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lock down John Morant with Lou Dort. I have to do it. Oh, gosh. I just just cannot cannot have Lou Dort on this page. Is it going to be Zion or Lou Dort? Dude, who positionless basketball? <laughs> positionless what are basketball. positions? I don't even know what positions are at this point. I'm going to take James James Wiseman just because he's the tallest guy, and being okay. tall in basketball still matters, especially if you've got some skill. So, uh, unfortunately, I didn't take anyone from the world team. Um, yep. No disrespect, but that's a bad world team. It's rough. It's rough. Lots of really good role players. Yeah. Lots of nice role players. Tail Maladon, shout out. Yeah. Mike, Michael Mulder, shout out. But yeah, there's no, there's not a lot of star potential on that world team. Okay. So to recap, these two teams Dave has Jaw, Halliburton, Edwards, Michael Porter Jr., and James Wiseman. I have Zion, Lamelo, DeAndre Hunter, Tyler Hero, and Lou Dort. We'll put those out there. We'll throw a poll up. Uh, just just let us know that my team will just crush Dave's. Just, this is, just let no. us know. Listen, I think what we need, someone sim this in 2K. Um, I, I don't <laughs> I don't <laughs> own the current version of 2K, but if, yeah. if someone wants to hit me up, my DMs are open, guys. If, if someone wants to sim this in 2K, uh, we will totally talk about this uh, forever. I will hold this yeah. over Andrew Schleck's head <laughs> for the rest of the time that we podcast together because my team whips ass. My t- I, I, let's just plain and simple. My team would kick your team's teeth in. We'll see about that. We, we, can't we, guard we actually us. play we play some defense over here though. Yeah, we oh come uh, on. It's Luke an all-star game. Who cares about defense? That's going to do it for today's show folks. Don't forget about all the podcasts on the Athletic Podcast Network. Down to dunk. That's mine. They're too good Listen to Listen to it. Yeah, yeah. and don't, and and the slam jam. On Saturday, yeah. we, we added yeah. a new show to the Athletic NBA show feed. I actually think it's the best basketball podcast out there right now. Uh, congratulations, to Andrew, Thank you. on Thank you. Uh, making us all look bad. Uh, <laughs> but it is a very fun show. If you didn't listen last week, go back and listen. It's worth it's worth checking out. It's a nice recap on the week. It's almost like a, a sixth episode of The Daily Ding. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I thought you guys did a really great job, and I love I love the spinning wheel. We need a physical spinning wheel, though. So somebody yes, get on we're, the building. We're working that. on it. Yes. There you go. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's uh, today's show. We will catch you guys tomorrow on another episode of the Daily Ding. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.